Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Well, we're always thrilled when we can be joined by our next guest because not only does he have a terrific, terrific perspectives on the Denver Broncos, his own program. Good morning, Broncos. You can check out at MileHighSports.com and, of course, uh, anywhere on YouTube. But, uh, you know, he's one of our colleagues, co-workers. Partners, if you will. Cody Rourke, Cody Rourke NFL is the Twitter handle. Joining us, Cody, thanks for joining us uh, today. We're looking at the Broncos, a second preseason game with the first one in the rear view. Uh, Sean Payton wants to refine things in this particular game. He was pretty clear about what he wanted to see from his offense, from his defense, and also even talked a little bit about the idea of winning in preseason, pointed out it was vastly uh, behind the evaluation part of the equation, but clearly had a hint in which turning things around by getting wins, however you can get them was also important as well. Yeah. You know, I think Sean is a a big believer in, I would say identity, right. You know, for the Broncos, they've been accustomed to losing for the last seven, almost eight years at this point. And, you know, I think the thing is, is you have to find ways to win, but to a point, I mean, Denver went two and one on the preseason last year. Um, so for me, it's always hard, right? I think the evaluation process in preseason is always the best bet there. Obviously, you want to win. Winning is nice. Um, but I feel like there's more at stake when a game means something. You know, if you win it, obviously it gets you one step closer to your goal of making the playoffs or winning a division. If you lose, it, it brings you one step closer to being eliminated from the playoff contention conversation. So it's, to me, it's kind of like this ebb and flow. But, I mean, Sean Payton is a gamer. And, and I think for him – he wants to win no matter what. I, I, even if you're playing, I think, cards or you're playing a board game with him, he wants to win no matter what. That's how he's hardwired and uh, certainly can't knock it. I respect it. Yeah, I liked his attitude in the post game the other night, uh, to be sure. Uh, you know, he was asked kind of an evaluation question, and he got right to the idea that he hated to lose, which would be something different around here. Everybody wants to win. Very few people hate to lose. He seems to genuinely and he especially didn't losing. like that manner and of loss. He added especially like that. <laughs> losing the way they did. You know, nine seconds to go, you have a seven point lead. Uh, you stop the play, you win. You stop the two point conversion, you win because nobody goes for ties in preseason. Uh, I, I like that. I agree with you on uh, that point. I want to ask you a perspective question, not an evaluation question so much. Perspective question. How much are we to make of Russell Wilson and the offense apparently having some recent success in the red zone on the practice field? Because we know the other night in the game, the first team offense didn't play a single down in the red zone. They scored the touchdown on a 21-yard pass. Uh, And, of course, they didn't get near the red zone on the other three 
possessions against the first-team Arizona defense. But what of Russell Wilson in the red zone is meaningful uh, or meaningless over the last few days? Yeah, I would say a, a great perspective on it might be that you get a chance to get the quick passing game going. And I think that was really the emphasis for them. Um, you know, obviously we saw the protection issues. A little unorthodox to see a, a team in the preseason blitz as much and send as many guys as Arizona did, but maybe they just, uh, I don't know, maybe they just wanted to send a message somehow. Maybe they didn't like Russell Wilson. They're like, hey, you were going to send all this pressure at you, but you know, if you do have a bad offensive line or if your offensive line isn't consistent enough in protection, one way you can mitigate some of those risks that you take there with a line like that is having a quick passing game. I mean, for years, uh, Derek Carr has absolutely torched the Broncos with a quick passing game. I mean, it's to the point where, you know, even though the Raiders didn't have the greatest offensive line during his time in, in Oakland and Las Vegas, he was just finding ways to carve the Broncos' defense apart. And I was, hey, I'm, I'm getting the ball to my hands quickly. I'm not letting guys like Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, or other rushers get to me. I'm going to throw to a spot. And I think that's what we've seen a little bit out of Russell Wilson and the offense here in particular. And I'll even say a little bit in the Arizona game, we saw a little bit of an emphasis in the quick passing game. They tried to set up some of their play-action stuff, but those things take a little bit longer to develop. And obviously when you're sending a, a cover zero, all-out pressure, and you have – only three cover guys and seven rushers, and yeah, that's tough. Um, But I would say that for me, this is a good perspective, and I think for Broncos fans is, okay, if the offensive line does struggle, well, you do have a a way you can mitigate that by utilizing, hey, let's just snap the ball, get it to a spot, let's get positive yards, and then let's chunk it away with the run game, and then maybe something else will open up in the passing game on a deeper shot there. So I'd say that is probably the biggest takeaway I would have on that. So this game, of course, coming into the one uh, the, the next week with the, the Rams and the joint practices, uh, what do you believe the Broncos need to see? Sean Payton talked about what he wanted to see, and that's that's all well and good. But what do you think the Broncos need to see, especially with an extended appearance by the starters on both offense and defense uh, anticipated? Yeah, I mean, you need to see better protection. I mean, to be honest with you, the, the biggest concern I have on offense is uh, miscommunication issues in Arizona. I asked Joe Lombardi yesterday, how do you how do you fix that? You know, if it's a leverage issue, like how do you fix that? And he, his response was something along the lines of, you know, guys, when you practice a certain way or you do something a certain way for a long time, then you get into a real game situation. Sometimes guys throw out everything you've taught them and revert back to their you know older selves. And he said trying to get guys to get out of that habit is something that they're going to be monitoring here. Um, but more importantly, it's yeah, protect the quarterback. Not only just Russell Wilson, Jared Stidham. Didn't have a lot of time to throw against the Cardinals either. Ben DiNucci came in and seemed like the only quarterback who had a chance to get the ball out of his hands in a quickly manner and not have pressure in his face. So uh, there is that element to it. Um, defensively, I, I'd say maybe along the lines of what Vance Joseph said, you just want to see a little bit more better tackling initially on first contact versus, you know, you maybe you get a third and seven versus you miss a tackle and then you get an additional four yards and all of a sudden it's, it's third and two and you find yourself on a shorter field position there. Uh, more importantly, seeing everybody stay healthy. But I, I want to see more out of the backups in terms of the secondary. I, I didn't feel like we saw enough last week from the second unit or even the third unit defense outside of Jaquan McMillan blitzing on a, on a nickel blitz and getting a sack of Sang Basti getting a pick. But we didn't see much from the other guys involved there. To me, I need to see a little bit more of that, especially with P.J. Locke going down with an injury. Now Delarian Turner Yell is going to have a, a bigger ask of him to go out on defense and make some plays. Caden Stearns did not participate in practice today. I wonder if it was a maintenance day. 
He's been dealing with a little bit of something that's been bothering him. So no Justin Simmons. So that means that Kareem Jackson, Delarian Turner, you're probably going to have to get a lot of run here on Saturday if Caden Stearns is not playing. So I would just say you want to see those things from uh, from your guys in the action that you have because next after next week it gets real. Roster cuts will happen after next week's preseason game, and uh, it's going to be uh, a lot of guys looking for jobs and hoping to, to make it on the 53. We're talking with Cody Rourke of My Life Sports. Cody Rourke NFL is the Twitter handle. And while you're on the subject of the safeties in the defensive backfield, much has been made at practice of how well the Broncos have been performing on offense and how it's grounded into form. And some of that certainly is true. And it's, as you expect, more practices, more time together, more familiarity gets better. But how do you parse out the fact that Pat Sertan, Justin Simmons, K1 Williams, sometimes Kareem Jackson, you talked about Caden Stearns, Turner Yell, that there have been a lot of guys in that backfield, including a lot of starters that either haven't been practicing or been practicing at limited times. How do you get any sort of value of how much that offense is improving when the starters very rarely, at least in the defensive backfield have faced the starters in this training camp. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've seen a change this week and I think it's, I'm not sure why we've seen it, but the first team offense faced the second team defense for the past few days. I think it's a good test for those young guys there uh, and vice versa. You know, you see that because you're going to get different looks here. You have to be able to mix and match guys in. And I think that there are some guys that are performing well with other units that they want to see. Okay, how does this guy do with the first team unit? For example, last week in the preseason game, Isaiah Prince started at right tackle. I don't think he's going to start at right tackle this week. He's, he hasn't hardly gotten any reps there. Uh, it's been guys like Quinn Bailey. It's been undrafted rookie free agent Alex Pocheski out of Illinois. That's been, you know, these guys have been rotating in and getting reps with the first team offense at right tackle. And, Part of me wants to see is, do you have a solution here? How does Garrett Bowles play? Um, you can only do so much because you can't tackle your own guys in practice. I, you know, obviously, that's something that you just simply can't do. It's in the CBA. you got to be safe with guys. For me, it's you have to just go out in the games. And, and it's tough because it's like, okay, hey, the preseason, what's real, what's not, right? One guy may perform really well. One position group may perform really well in one preseason game. But then the next week, they may not play. It's like, okay, do you have a large enough sample size on these guys? Which is why Sean Payton has said it's, you know, the games hold the most weight, but there's an overall body of work that they are looking at that's dating back to OTAs that they have files on all these guys for. So um, that's going to be, I think, an interesting point to see maybe where guys are at. But, you know, the Raiders are, that Raiders game is coming up really quickly here week one, and that's going to be a tough challenge with uh, Tyree Wilson, Max Crosby, Chandler Jones and some of the defensive guys that they've added. And not to mention, who knows what they're going to look like with Jimmy G at quarterback, but they still have Devontae Adams, which is a weapon in and of himself. When you talk about the offensive line, I don't think Friday night you could get away from the fact that Garrett Bowles looked pretty much immobile. Uh, People running around him left and right. Uh, Ben Powers at left guard getting thrown around like a rag doll by a defensive line that may be the worst in all of professional football. Um, at least on the left side of the offensive line, doesn't there have to be some concern? I know Bulls only played five games last year, and maybe it'll take a little longer to come back from the broken leg, but I thought Powers is awful the other night. Awful. Yeah, he's going to have to step up. I mean, you paid him a lot of money. Right. And this, I think this is the concern right now. You you paid Mike McGlinchey a ton of money. Yep. He's not available right now. You paid Ben Powers a lot of money. Didn't have a good first impression in that game. And you hope to see maybe some of the issues kind of squared away. I think a lot of it looking at it is 
Uh, you know, Sean Payton even mentioned it, leverage. You know, there were times where he could have taken a better angle on, let's say, you know, a two-eye, a guy who's lined up on the inside shade of his shoulder next to Lloyd Cushenberry or, you know, three techniques. I think a lot of it is I, – I honestly felt like last week the offensive line wasn't prepared for anything outside of a four-man rush, which, I mean, you have to be prepared for that because that's what teams are going to throw at you in the regular season, even though you don't normally see that in the preseason. I think there was some miscommunication stuff, but I think it's all about angles and a little bit of leverage. And, and yeah, I mean, if this week he struggles, it's going gonna, it's gonna to present some questions before the regular season as was this the right move for them to make? And, uh, I mean, I, I hope that's the case because he, he is physical. He's got all the, the mean, nasty traits that you want in a guard, but he's got to be able to do it. And we didn't get to see that in the first game. So, yeah, there's, I think there's a lot of pressure riding on him in this game, and hopefully we see a better product of him. I, I'm not asking you to pile on, but as you pointed out, they didn't look prepared for the blitzes, and I get that they're somewhat uncommon in the preseason, but given the Broncos' challenges with protection over the last couple of years, it seems to me that they should have been able to expect teams to blitz because teams are going to test that and see if the Broncos have really gotten any better. Uh, is there a reason you believe that they were unprepared for that? Uh, and we're, we're not that far out of the week of the, uh, the season, that even in preseason week one, you weren't really prepared how to handle those kind of blitzes and has it been a focus to shore that up this week? Um, I think so. And that's, that's something that I wrote about, you know, over at mile high sports is that that was an emphasis. They, they wanted to work on their communication and, and Sean Payton wanted Vance Joseph when they didn't move the ball period, 75 yards said, Hey, send pressure. Um, and he said, you know, you're going to get more pressure. Like if you have to kick a field goal in a game teams and they, and teams know that they're going to send you more pressure to try to get you out of field goal range. Uh, so I thought that they responded relatively well. Russ has done a good job kind of using his legs as well, creating some plays, extending it outside the pocket at times. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, a lot of it is the first week of, of training camp. There's really not as much physical contact as I think that you'd like. Um, you know, a lot of it is you start on the bags, the little handbags, which in my opinion, I mean, the NFL puts it in as a safeguard, but that doesn't make you any better as those little handbags that other guys are holding because it doesn't account for guys who are trying to club your hands down rip through you or, or swim through you, you know, making different moves. You, you just don't get that with the bags there. And so there hasn't been a lot of live, live contact that they have initiated. And, and I think a lot of that has been due to that. And, and I think there's also some questions as well. You know, Zach Streif, not very experienced as a head coach. Obviously, I'm not as a head coach, as an offensive line coach. Um, but for him, he's played a lot in the NFL. So how can he get these guys to see it quicker? There's going to be pressure on him because Sean Payton, even though, hey, you played for Payton for all them years, Peyton wants that unit to succeed. He hates losing. He hates things looking bad. And one thing I know about Sean Payton, just by being around him, if, if something is bad, he's not going to just let it be bad. If, if somebody can't change it, he's going to go in and he's going to change it himself. So uh, I think that is something promising to keep an eye on. If you are a Broncos fan, if there are some issues that do linger. Is Adam Troutman winning the tight end job or is Greg Dulcich losing it? Um, you know, I wouldn't even say it's a little bit, I wouldn't say it's either at this point. I mean, really as the depth chart came out, the unofficial depth chart, all of these guys, like Greg Dulcich, I mean, they, they, they've been doing a lot of 12 personnel, um, one running back, two tight ends. They've been doing a lot of 13, um, as well recently this week where they bring in three tight ends and have one running back. They've been mixing and matching and getting every guy in. I mean, whether it's Albert Okuwebunam, Dulcich, Trotman, I mean, all these guys are getting reps at the first team, second team, and third team offense. I don't necessarily know at this point if there is really a true order on the depth chart because, I mean, as all the notes I've been taking at practice, 
it's different guys coming out every day or like mixing every other play coming in and getting some reps there, even Nate Adkins. So, but, but he looks the best, doesn't he? Doesn't Troutman look the best? He's been, yeah, I say he's been consistent, but Dulcich has definitely looked flashier on some downfield plays. I mean, his speed is next level. Troutman is, you need an all around guy. He is definitely the best option for you right now. Um, And I think maybe that's why he's got a little bit of an advantage overall, not to mention his experience prior He's doing everything that uh, Sean Payton wants and Sean Payton has asked for, and, and he's emerged as a guy that Russell Wilson has really come to favor. So, yeah, I would say he's probably got the advantage right now, but as Sean Payton said a couple weeks ago, all of these tight ends that they keep on the roster, they're going to be playing on Sunday. So I'm excited to see what uh, what they decide to do. He is Cody Rourke. Make sure you give him a follow at Cody Rourke NFL on Twitter and check out everything he's putting together. The Good Morning Broncos show every morning at 9 a.m. on the weekdays. And make sure that's that's terrific. A little bite-sized content to keep you updated with all the Broncos' latest news. And, of course, puts together a podcast and all the writing over at Miley Sports. You can get all of that at MileySports.com or even easier. Bundle all of it together with the Miley Sports app. Everything that Cody puts together, plus all the radio shows and everything, all in your pocket. Cody, really appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Appreciate you, gentlemen. Have a good one. All right, thanks, Cody Rourke, joining us. And the a good points there, I think, on the offensive line coaching. And and the, the to be fair, the setup, the way things work with the CBA, he's right. Uh, it is hard to, to mimic the way when you're on an offensive lineman, defenses will approach you when you're talking about not being able to, to have the full physicality, the, the way they handle the, with the pads. It's not quite the same thing. And maybe that's all the more reason why building an offensive line is so difficult in the NFL and why other teams, when you're talking about guys hitting free agency, there probably should be a, a little bit of a buyer beware tag because it's really hard to put Good linemen those lines. aren't allowed to leave. <laughs> At least uh, they're not allowed to leave good teams. Um, I want to clean up the, uh, the John Lynch quote a little bit because what I said was close, but actually the quote was, Preseason doesn't count, but it does matter. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's kind of the context of many of our uh, questions here. It does matter that Garrett Bowles looked especially slow and, in fact, looked like a guy who's basically washed up the other night. Uh, ben Powers was getting overpowered more often than not. And that, I mean, that does matter. And you don't have McGlinchey. You won't have them at all during the preseason, either on the practice field or in the two remaining games. And as Cody pointed out, you're facing a Raider team that has few clear strengths, but one of them is pass rushing, both inside and out, because Max Crosby can come at you both ways. Max Crosby has 11 and a half sacks in eight uh, games against the you Broncos. You've documented Yikes. how effective Max Crosby has been, been against the Broncos and frankly, against a good many other teams around the NFL in recent years. On the bright side, you know, the preseason games do matter if they don't count, and that means that the game against the 49ers is an opportunity to flip the narrative. We'll see if the Broncos do that. Up in Boulder, uh, <laughs> what's the expectation there when somebody uh, gets knocked around? Well, Deion Sanders might have a different one from then the rest of you. We'll hear from him next on My Life Sports. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.